You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. thankful for the opportunity to be with you all and uh, excited about what God did today so many great things and it's just wonderful just to be a a small part of that and it's just a great great day Uh, thankful for my wife who's living in the real the real world today with uh, four kids while I'm over here eating hot dogs uh, she's home with the kids, and they're watching right now, so I just got to say hello to Kingsley, Corver, Alistair, Anderson, who are watching, and I wish they were here with me, and uh, we've also got some extra kids there. Uh, got my, my nephew, some of my nephews are there, Asen, Beckett, and Xander, and then my mother-in-law is there as well, and so I'm just so thankful for all that they add to, to my life and uh, miss them today, but thankful for the opportunity to be here with you all. And uh, just be a small part of what God is doing in this area. It's wonderful. I mean, God's good. God's good. Um, we're going we're gonna to jump right in here. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to the book of Genesis. And uh, did anybody like being in the presence of God? Amen. Oh, I tell you, when we got uh, worship team was just worshiping, and for those of us that joined in, joined along, wow, what a great power we felt while we were worshiping. Amen. I, that, that song hit me a little extra there today. Uh, King of glory, yeah. fill this place. Yeah. And uh, as you'll see, as we're, what we're going to talk about, that, that lines right up with what I would like to just discuss and uh, allow God to work in this place tonight. Um, if, so if you have your Bibles, you can open up to Genesis chapter 11. Uh, but actually, before we, before we jump right in, I wonder if one more time, can we just stand real quick? You guys have been so faithful and just so participant participating wonderfully, but just as we get into this word, uh, can we just kind of refocus right now and just give God some praise, give God some glory, and just invite him into this place. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this place. I pray, oh God, Lord, that you would be glorified right now. Be high and lifted up, Jesus. We magnify you, Lord. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor, oh God, for everything that you've done so far today. Lord, we praise you, Lord, for every child that prayed, Lord, that cried in your presence, Jesus. Lord, we praise you, Lord, for the visitors and the guests, Lord, that came this afternoon. God, we praise you in advance for what you've got in store for us in this service. Lord, we just thank you. Lord, we give you all the praise. God, we give you all the glory. I pray, Lord, that you would just have your way. God, I pray that you would be glorified in this place. I pray, oh God, that you, O King of glory, would fill this place. Get all the glory. Get all the attention. Get all the praise, oh God, we ask in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. You are so good. You are so wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, just want to say before I forget, I'm thankful for the leadership of this church and just letting, letting me be here, my parents and everybody else that's involved. Just appreciate that. All the people that help out with all the various churches, just so wonderful. And thank you to those that purchased some carts. We appreciate that. that the, the proceeds of that go towards uh, my kids and their quizzing. Uh, they've been doing some Bible quizzing, and they've got a big trip coming up. And so we appreciate you supporting that. Thank you so much for doing that. It means, means a lot to us. 
um, here in Genesis chapter 11, there's just this real quick story. If you're just reading through Genesis, getting all the information of kind of the beginning of time and those, those early uh, people in, in the Bible, and just kind of just tucked away here is this story in Genesis chapter 11. And it's a peculiar story uh, of a, a group of people who joined together, they banded together, they came in with one purpose, with one mindset, and they said, hey, we got this valley, we got all this space, why don't we build a tower? And here in Genesis 11 and 4, it says, they said, go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven and let us make a name lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And it's quite a statement for this group of people to get together and say, hey, let's, let's build something. Let's do something together. Let's work on something together. And uh, it was just a really, really good example of unity. The problem was, it wasn't what God had asked them to do. God had said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. And they said, why don't we just stay here? Why don't we just build the tower, lest we be scattered abroad? Why don't we build a big city, a big tower here, so that we don't have to go replenish the earth? So that we don't have to travel unknown land? So that we don't have to go where no man has gone before? So that we don't have to take the you know, big step for mankind? Let's just stay here and build a tower. Let's do that instead. And then the, the story goes on where God, he comes down and he observes their uh, little building project, their construction, he puts on his hard hat, his steel-toed boots. He gets down there and he says, what's going on here, guys? And he checks it out and he says, no, this just will not do. We cannot have this. This is not my will. This is not my plan. And so God says, we've got to confuse them. We've got to confound them. And so he gives them all different languages. And all of a sudden, all the construction all the blueprints are in Chinese. All of a sudden, everybody, it's all Greek to everybody, and nobody can understand what's going on. Nobody can work together. All right, they, just, they just can't figure it out, and they just said, okay, I guess we need to get out of here. And we know, that, you know that's where language came from. That's what God used to kind of scatter the people to get them to go do what he wanted them to do. But the main point of this particular passage is an early example of the us versus God mentality of that idea of, I've got a plan, I'm going to do things my way, and that's that. When God says, this is the way you're supposed to do it, this is what I have for you, this is what I've got in store for you, and we say, no, God, I'm going to oppose you. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to do what I feel to do. The, the people here, they even go so far as to say, let's make a name for ourselves. Let's not worry about who we belong to. Let's not worry about the covenant that has been established with the people. Let's just make a name for ourselves. Let's just, let's just do what we want to do. And God would not have it. It was a good example of us versus God. Human will versus God's will. And it's no surprise, I'm, it's not a news flash here tonight when I say that that is a kind of world we're living in, where it's human will versus God's will. It is humanity trying to do things their own way, trying to come up with new and improved methods to live life, and they refuse to adhere to the one who created life. We live in a world full of influencers, popular people who have the trust of the public, and they are used to promote products to try and give them some credibility. We live in a world full of YouTubers constantly trying to get likes, subscriptions, views, whatever they can, hit that bell. We live in a world full of countless streaming services. 
because the world wants your attention. We live in a world of folks who want to be movie stars, rock stars, be famous for any reason, maybe even the wrong reasons. If I could just get a spot on the evening news, if I could just have some airtime, look, I'm on the news, Mom. They want to be famous. We live in a world of people who live lavish lifestyles that they can't afford to try and appeal to people and make it appear as though they've got it all together. There's talk shows, reality shows, blockbusters, Netflix specials, you name it, it's there. We got people walking on red carpets, taking pictures of one another, taking pictures with other famous people, sit around giving each other awards because they want your honor. They want you to honor them. We live in a world where people get $50 million a year to play a game. We call it sports. Sports are a constant stream of entertainment where men and women put their skills on display to prove who is the greatest. Fans and media will sit around and debate who is the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Retired players trying to keep their honor. Retired players trying to say, well, it was a different era. A bunch of sissies these days. They're just around just trying to just get some glory, trying to get some honor. People will gather by the thousands and pay thousands to witness the biggest moments in sports history and to to cheer on their favorite teams. Athletes, when they do something great, they'll pump up the crowd. Bring it on. Bring it on. I want your praise. I want your praise. I find it particularly interesting and sad when somebody makes a shot, catches something, puts a round piece of rubber into a net, And people in the crowd start doing this. I don't like that. I like sports, but I don't like that. They are giving those people some glory. They are giving them some praise. In essence, they are giving them their glory. They are trying to be their crowning glory. Now, don't worry. Don't get all upset. I'm not going to just, I'm not going to preach. I'm not going to pastor up here today and tell you what you should and shouldn't be watching. I'm not going to try and take the joy out of all the things that you do enjoy. Don't worry. Don't have to put on your steel toe boots. You don't have to buckle your seatbelt. We're not going for a wild ride here tonight. But what I'm hoping we will accomplish here by the end of this time that we have together is I'm hoping that God just gets some more glory. I'm hoping we can get our eyes off of the things of this world, the things that are temporary, the things that really don't matter in the landscape of eternity. And we can just say, God, you get the glory. God, you get my praise. God, you get my attention. You get my worship. You get it all because you are the greatest of all time. You are the one who is great and greatly to be praised. You are the one who is worthy of it all. God, I will give you the glory because you are high and lifted up. And if you are high and lifted up, then all men will be drawn unto you. I wonder if by the time we're done, we can echo what the angels say and just say, holy, holy, holy are you Lord God Almighty. Blessing, honor, glory, and power forever to our God. Because God alone deserves the glory. God alone deserves the worship. God alone deserves the utmost of your attention. There is no sports figure. There is no actor. There is no musician. There is no influencer that deserves the glory that our God deserves. Now, glory is a little hard to describe. Glory is is a hard concept to really get your mind wrapped around it when you start really digging into it. 
But if I can just try and simplify it just a little bit. Glory is, can, it can be described as honor. It can be described as splendor, as brightness or kingly majesty. It can be described as abundance. It's this essence of God, I'm going to give you something valuable. God, I'm going to give you something that has essence. I'm going to give you something that's got weight to it. I'm going to give you something meaningful. And when we take that word glory and we turn it into a verb, you know, it means boasting, kind of this bragging, this I'm claiming that something is great. I'm claiming that something is wonderful. And that is, is kind of in a nutshell that, that word glory, where we are giving God something of abundance. We are giving God something of essence, something that we can only give him. Now, if we look to the Bible for examples of that word glory, the first time we find it is in Genesis chapter 31, verse 1. And it's an interesting story. If you want to read kind of the background of this, you can read Genesis chapter 30. But basically what is happening is Jacob is pulling some pretty interesting tricks to try and get his flocks to multiply. He's trying to increase what he has and it, through really, really incredibly genius ways. And he gets to the point where he's got more than his boss. He's got more than his father-in-law, Laban. He's got more than the one he's working for. And this is what happens. Jacob, he heard the words of Laban's son saying, Jacob hath taken away all that which was our father's. And of that which was our father's hath he gotten all this glory. Basically, they were saying he got this from somewhere else. They were trying to take his accomplishments. They were trying to take what he had done fair and square he had earned it. He had deserved it. He didn't cheat anybody. He just, he was cunning. He just figured out a way to get his, his flocks to multiply. And they tried to take his accomplishments and say, that belongs to Laban. That's his. The only reason Jacob's got anything is because of Laban. They, what they tried to do is they tried to misassociate the accomplishments that Jacob had done. They tried to give credit to Laban for Jacob's gain and for his success. And we are living in a world where we are constantly trying to give glory to somebody other than the true one who deserves it. Yeah. We're always trying to just say, well, that was great on their part. Wow, I don't know how you did that. That was fantastic. That was wonderful. Wow, how did that happen? Even in, even in the church, you, we, we kind of get caught up. We want, we're just trying to be kind. We're just trying to, you know, you did great. You did this great. That was wonderful. You did fantastic. But truly... I can't do anything. I got nothing. I am nothing except for the glory of God. I am nothing except for God in my life. I have nothing except God gives me something. All right, and that's what glory is. Glory is something that we can give. It's, it's kind of a currency that we have to offer somebody. And too many times, church, we are giving that glory to something other than God. Now, it's, uh, in, in Scripture, there's these wonderful accounts of a physical representation of the glory of God. Uh, in Exodus chapter 24, verses 16 to 17, we read how there was a cloud. The, the seventh day, he called Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Then if you go to verse 17, we see where the sight of the glory of the Lord was like devouring fire on top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. And so there's these physical examples, these physical representations 
of the glory of God. When God would come down and be with Moses, when God would come down and commune with Moses, there was this physical, this, this tangible, viewable thing that would happen. It was in the smoke. It was in the fire. It was, now some of you people, this, this word's going to get you excited. It was the Shekinah glory. That's what the Jewish people called Shekinah. That's not a Bible word. That's just a, we don't know what to say, but it's something we can see. It's the glory of God in a visible manifestation. And we don't know what to call it except Shekinah. It's a wonderful example of God revealing himself in some way. And that is what God did is he came down and he came in the smoke and he came in the fire. And in the book of Exodus chapter 40, we see where the glory of the Lord filled a tent of meeting. Exodus chapter 40, verse 34. Moses, he's getting ready. They're getting ready to, to dedicate the tabernacle. But the problem is, is that Moses is not a priest. He is not, based on all the, the regulations and the stipulations that God has put on the tabernacle, Mo, Moses is not allowed to go into the Holy of Holies. And so he sets up this tent of the congregation. Uh, verse 34, then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And when the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the children of Israel went onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud were taken up, then they journeyed not till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was upon the tabernacle by day, and fire was on it by night. In the sight of all the house of Israel wrote all their journeys. It was the Shekinah glory. It was this physical manifestation of the glory of God that led the children of Israel night and day. When the glory moved, the people moved. When the glory took off, the people took off. When the fire started, started going down the road, then they started going down the road. When the clouds started stirring, then the people started stirring. Because they were going to be wherever God was. They wanted to be wherever the glory of God was. They wanted to be with God. Amen. Another couple cool uh, examples of what happens when the glory of God fills the temple. In uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 5, Solomon... He's getting ready to, to dedicate this temple, and, and he's bringing the ark in. And we find where the glory of God filled the temple. Then later on, he's, he's, he's doing this, this kind of this opening ceremony, just ribbon cutting, if you will. And uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verses 1 to 3, as he offers up the sacrifice, all of a sudden this fire comes down and consumes the sacrifice. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. So that the, the ministers, they couldn't even minister. Right. The priests couldn't even minister right. because God said, I'm taking over. Yeah. God said, I'm going to fill this temple. God said, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to change plans here a little bit, and I'm just going to have my way. I'm just going to be with you. I'm going to fill this place with my glory. I'm going to fill this place with my power, with my presence. Amen. There's something wonderful that happens whenever the Spirit of God says, I just want to be with you. When the glory of God comes down and ministers to people. And somebody who understood that was David. I'm going to read you a few verses. Once you get excited, go ahead and stand up and start worshiping. Because David, he got it. Now, let me just give you a little context. 
David is bringing the Ark of the Covenant, that representation of the presence of God, and he's bringing it back into the city. He's bringing it back to its rightful place. It's been gone for far too long, and David is excited about the prospects of the power, the presence of Almighty God, Jehovah, I am self-existing one, Yahweh, being back where he belongs in, uh, in amongst his people. And so David, he gets singing, he gets talking, and he gets start, uh, f- uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 23. He says, sing unto the Lord all the earth. Show forth from day to day his salvation. Declare his glory among the heathen, his marvelous works among all nations. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He also is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the people are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Glory and honor are in his presence. Strength and gladness are in his place. Give unto the Lord, ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. Fear before him all the earth. The world also shall be stable that it be not moved. Let the heavens be glad. Let the earth rejoice and let men say among the nations, the Lord reigneth. Let the sea roar and the fullness thereof. Let the fields rejoice and all that is therein. Then shall the trees of the wood sing out at the presence of the Lord because he cometh to judge the earth. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And say ye, save us, O God of our salvation, and gather us together and deliver us from the heathen that we may give thanks to thy holy name and glory in thy praise. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel forever and ever. And then all the people said amen and they began to praise the Lord. I wonder, is there anybody that wants to see the glory of God is there anybody that wants to feel the glory of God would you praise him right now would you just give God some glory would you give him some praise right now and just wait and watch what God's got in store would you say Lord come fill this temple come fill this temple oh God fill me with your glory fill me with your presence I want to be overcome I want to be overwhelmed by your presence oh God if you want to see God do some things you're going to have to do better than that God's got something great in store but we've got to give him some glory We've got to get off of our, our own plans. We've got to get away from our own way of doing things. And we've got to say, to you, O oh God, be the glory. To you, O oh God, be the glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, Lord, we praise you, God. We worship you, Jesus. We magnify you, O oh God. Oh, Lord, we give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. We give you all the honor, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we worship you, O oh God. We magnify your name, Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We had a whole bunch of kids up here this morning praising God, tears flowing down their face. They said, I was this close to speaking in tongues. To God be the glory. We had people show up in the park first time. They had never been there. They had never maybe felt the love of Jesus. But I say, to God be the glory. We had Tammy, Tammy and Jacob walked up the road. They found a couple kids. They pulled them in. They got to be at that church and meet some people who loved them for the very first time. To God be the glory. Amen. And we could go all around this place. Jacob, I could probably talk to you about what God has done in your life. And at the end of it, I would say, to God be the glory. Whenever I was on, when we went to the west side, I seen a face that I thought I knew. I didn't know. It was somewhat familiar, but I couldn't figure it out. And all of a sudden, I realized, that's Josh Morehouse. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. 
there's God's doing some things in your life and it's not by your own power it's not by your own ability it's not because you were born to the right family it's not because you got certain qualities that you deserve it it's because God has been good and because God has been good he deserves the glory God needs the glory he must have the glory And this Tower of Babel, commentators, there was a commentator that said this, the Tower of Babel is almost certainly Babylon. It makes sense, right? Because somebody who likes to babble, and they like to babble a lot, they babble on, you know how it is. And Babylon, they, Babel and Babylon are, are, are connected. Commentators, people who are a lot smarter than I am, they figure they're, they're, they're joined, they're the same, somehow, some way, that is that same group, Babylon. Now, if you read throughout the Old Testament and you see the experiences of the children of Israel and where they end up and the places that they go from refusing to live according to the will of God, you will find where they end up in Babylon. Babylon to the Jewish people, Babylon to the people of God is a place of captivity. Can I just suggest to you tonight that if there's something that you cannot break, maybe we need to give God some glory. If there's something holding you back, why don't you try giving God the glory? Why don't you try giving God praise? Why don't you just try just saying, God, I don't, have, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what you're trying to do, but I trust you, and I'm going to give you the glory for it. Because there's captivity when we say, God, my way. God, my will be done. That is a place of captivity. When we say, God, I know you've got a plan. I know you want us to go multiply, replenish the earth. I know you've got this thing you want us to do. I know you've got these covenants that you've set up. But we feel that it is better. We had a meeting about it. We called a, a, a conference. We all got together. We talked about it. We prayed about it. And we feel like it's better just to stay here in this valley and build a tower. And we do that. We say, God, I know what you want, but I, I, just, I, just, I just feel like this is better. This is more for me. I think this is really what I need to do. And that place is a place of captivity. That place is Babylon. That place is not where God wants you to end up. That is not the plan that he's got for you. Now, he'll, he'll, he, might, he might let you stick around. He might confound you a little bit. He might throw some things along the way that will try and confuse you, get you to wake up a bit. But that's not his plan. His plan for you is not captivity. His plan for you is not for you to end up stuck somewhere that you can't get out of. And when we say, God, my will, my way, I'm going to do things my way, might even take some of the glory. Did you see what I did there? Wow. Uh, you know, I, I did that. Uh, you don't see that thing? Yeah, that was, that was me. I, I, I did pretty amazing. I've worked on that for a long time. Yeah, that, that's me. Right, when we say, that's me, we're just, we're just trying to take some of the glory. Try to say, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty great. I'm pretty amazing. Thank you for noticing. That's taking the glory from God. And that's a place of captivity. That's, there's no freedom there. Isaiah chapter 42, verse 8, says this. But thou, Israel. Nope, that's not it. That's Isaiah 41. That's what he said before this. Isaiah 42 and 8. This is what he said to his people. I am the Lord. That is my name and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. It must be 
that God gets the glory. It has to be. I'll tell you what, I'll make you a deal. If you can say, let there be light and there is light, you get some glory. If you can breathe into a pile of clay and dirt and it becomes a living soul, you can get some glory. If you can lead millions of people out of bondage and get them to a promised land, you'll get some glory. If you can reach down and pull yourself out of a hopeless situation and give yourself new life by dying on the cross for your own sins, you can get some glory. But I don't know about you. I didn't do any of that. I didn't do any of that. So as far as I'm concerned, all the glory belongs to God. It's all his. He deserves it. And he doesn't have to share it with me or anybody else because it's his glory. In the book of Acts, Stephen, he's preaching his last sermon as he gets ready to become the first martyr. And he's preaching and he's giving them a history. And he says this. He said, uh, he said you have, there's figures which you have made to worship. He, he doesn't even, he, he goes so far as to say, you're not even just trying to get the glory. You have made figures to worship. You have taken wood, stone, clay. You've taken all these things and you've made a God. You've created it with your own hands just so you can give it some worship. You're not even, he wasn't even saying you're trying to get it all yourself. He said, you've actually created something that you are beginning to worship. You've created an idol. You're giving it all the praise. You're giving it all the glory. You're giving it all of your attention, all the honor, all of it. You're giving it to this idol that you have made with your own hands. You know the lifespan of that idol, and you're still giving it the worship. You were the one that formed it, and you are giving it worship. You, the creator of that God, are bowing down and worshiping an idol. And all of us are humans here, I think. And we have this tendency just to try and give our worship to something or someone. And it is something less than us sometimes. It is something less than God. The problem with idols is they are idle. They don't do anything. They just sit there. They make good paperweights. That's all they're good for. Idols can't do anything for you. The things of this world can't do anything for you. They don't deserve the glory. Oh, great, you put a basketball through a hoop. Woohoo! good for you. Wonderful, that's a great song. I think you just pressed a button and that song produced itself. Good for you. Wow, you're, you're amazing. You can act like somebody else. Yeehaw. But you don't deserve my glory. You don't deserve my worship. You don't deserve my praise. The things of this world do not deserve your worship. Can I just tell you that in the book of Revelation, there is an angel. John, he sees this angel that is flying overhead. And you know what he says? Babylon is fallen. Because in the end, Babylon will fall. Because in the end, captivity will be no more. Because in the end, Babel must fall. Because that is not God's plan. Paul, he was writing to the Philippians, and he said that at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth, and that every knee should bow, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know what? You know, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, athletes, go ahead, take some praise, but in the end, God's going to get all the glory. Go ahead, write your songs, go ahead, that's fine, you know, but in the end, God's going to get the glory. That's right, 
you know, pile up your millions, buy another yacht, buy another house, do whatever you want to do. But in the end, God's going to get the glory. In the end, your kingdom is going to come crashing down and your knee will bow down and say, Jesus, you are Lord. Your tongue will confess that you are the savior of the world. You can go ahead and try and build your kingdom. Go ahead and try and make something of yourself. But don't forget to give God the glory. Because if you don't give him the glory, your kingdom will come crashing down. Because only God deserves the glory. There is not a single person in here that deserves any glory. Paul, he wrote and he said, all have sinned and fallen short. We've all come short of the glory of God. I failed right from the beginning. I was born February 27, 1992, and I fell short. My parents looked at me and said, what a shame. I fell short from the glory of God right from the beginning. I am not worthy of the glory, but my God is worthy of the glory. If you're not sure what to do next, Paul wrote to the Corinthians and he says, all you do, do it to the glory of God. Everything you do, every day you go to work, do it for the glory of God. Every time you spend time with your family, it's for the glory of God. Everything you do, every success you have, give the glory to God. Because that is something that will last. You need something? Is there something that you need? you got a prayer request? Maybe you've got a, one of the prayer requests that were up on the wall. You know what, what, what the promise of the Word of God says? My God shall supply all your need according to His glory. According to His riches. According to what He has to offer. It's all the glory of God. Anybody excited for heaven? Mm-hmm. You, know what the, you know what the Bible says about heaven? There's no sun. There's no moon. Because there's a lamb there that's shining bright. There's the glory of God that is lighting heaven. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it. And the lamb is the light thereof. That's why Jesus, when he came, he said, I am the light of the world. I am come to give you light. That darkness doesn't have to overtake you. That darkness doesn't have to overwhelm you. Looking for purpose? Looking for meaning in life? Want to feel like you belong? Want to feel like you have something to offer? You want to feel like you're doing something with your life? Tired of just kind of going through the motions and just kind of getting through the day, getting through the weeks? Wondering where time is going and just feeling like you're not doing much in this life. Isaiah 43 and 7 says, Even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. You were made for the glory of God. You were made for God to show his love. You were made for God to show his power. You were made for God to show what kind of great father he is. That's what you were made for. You were made to give God the glory. You were made to give God the glory. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.